welcome back to another episode of the Cross Power Podcast. It is episode number 58 and we are here today with Sandy and Sandy is going to share her story of what fitness means to her and um, the question I always ask is, firstly, hello. Hello. I didn't didn't say hello. (laughs) Um, The first question I always ask everyone is, is what brought you to CrossFit Arrow? So um, I wanted to up my game in fitness. Um, I had just um, previously before inquiring to come here, um, been dabbling in some Olympic weightlifting at a weightlifting club in central London, um, which I was really, really enjoying. And for one thing or another, I had to leave. I left the area uh, and moved to Stanmore. And then I was looking around to see sort of what was available in the area. And um, so I called you to see if you had a weightlifting club here at your venue. And we had a bit of a chat on the phone. We did did have quite a good chat. Yeah, yeah, we had a chat and um, you explained what was going on here and invited me to come and have a chat with you in person which I did. Yeah, and we were just talking about that, and that yeah. like, which felt like a long time ago. Yeah. Which is, we originally had the first chat, a, well, just over a year ago. Just over Feb- a year ago in February, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the journey from then, I guess, has begun. But um, if we rewind and go, because weightlifting was it's quite a big passion. You like you enjoy weightlifting? I enjoy it. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> But I really enjoy the process of it, yes. Um, and so I wanted to pursue that. I wanted it to be a part of how I train in the future. Um, and training's got to be something you enjoy doing. Yeah. So, yeah, so I wanted to kind of um, include it okay. in my health and fitness journey. And how long were you doing weightlifting before uh, in, that, like, in that period? So, um, very infrequently, I'd done it in the past. It's not a very female-dominant... Well, I mean, you know, elite level, yeah, there's a lot of females that do it, but, like, kind of recreationally, a lot of people think, oh, I don't want to do weightlifting. Yeah, I mean, it's something that kind of took me by surprise, really. I had worked out with a CrossFit coach in the past in a conventional gym, and I did a lot of work with her and the way she used to program, she'd include some of the weightlifting movements, but a lot of it was done without supervision. So there wasn't much in the way of progression apart from your bog standard front squats, deadlifts, back squats, that kind of thing. Um, uh, But it kind of ignited my passion. Um, And then I was actually went on a course um, completely unrelated to what I do as a living. Yeah. Um, And so I wanted to join a weightlifting club to make myself better. Yeah, because what people don't know, actually, sorry to cut you there, is that weightlifting and and CrossFit or weightlifting and lifting weights are very different things. Yes. Um, And for those of you that don't know, weightlifting itself is predominantly two moves, snatch and clean and jerk, and and that's all you do. Uh, Granted, there's accessory work and stuff, but people assume that, you know, it's um, just lifting weights, but it's very different. Yeah, it's an actual sport in yeah, itself, yeah, it's sport, right? Yeah, yeah very in-depth. Uh, the learning process is yeah. huge. Um, so, yeah, that ignited my passion. I went to the weightlifting club and I was there for about 10 months. Um, and I was coming along fine, but mobility was holding me back. And then other things happened, kind of health issues, where I kind of shied away from it. I left the club um, and then there was a whole relocation to the area, Harrow and Stanmore. 
Um, and then I joined a conventional gym, just did my own stuff for a while. Um, but then this passion wasn't going away. I, I, I was still hungry for it. So I called you. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of history now. I, and, and with the, because I'm quite interested in the, in the weightlifting side, when you, because not many people, like, for example, within CrossFit, they want to do CrossFit, but would never maybe consider doing their CrossFit level one or doing some of this, um, the courses that they've got online. Having done a bit weightlifting and then doing the course and then doing it again, was there a massive difference of like the process, like a thought process or how things felt, how things looked? Did you understand a lot more from doing the course? Yeah, so I did the strength and conditioning course. Okay. And um, it's a very in-depth course, uh, obviously with the work that you have to do. And each step of the course taught me a lot. Just going on away on the two-day physicals that you have to do, as well as the the theory work behind it taught me a lot, gave me a lot of insight into just breaking down movement. So my understanding when a coach is telling me to do something, I feel, yeah, I feel that I kind of, whether you can do it or not is a different thing and you practice and you practice to get perfect. But I I understand what the coach is trying to do. making that connection to your task. Yeah. Um, and I also, the feel of the movement, you, you tend to know when it feels right and you tend to know when it feels wrong. Yeah. And that's a hugely frustration part of it. It's And starting out, there'll be like, and I, I think you've heard me say this, you'll do a thousand reps wrong yeah. just to get one right. Yeah. But you keep doing it, like, you know, you'll, you'll get them wrong and you're like, oh, when's it going to be right? And then one day, mm. just something clicks and then mm. that's where that mm. relationship, like, develops. Totally. Barber, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Um... Growing up, sport, was it a big thing for you? I was terrible at school. Okay. I was not the sporty type. I was in a netball club and I played a bit around us, but it wasn't until I was around 19 years old that I kind of entered the fitness journey, so to speak. Um, So yeah, growing up at school, I was terrible. It wasn't my thing. Always made excuses about why I couldn't do PE, Um, but yeah. When I turned 19... That was a turning point. That was the turning point. I had just started nursing school and I just felt like I needed to be fitter. I wasn't overweight or anything. Was this because of work, the demands of work? No, I'd literally just entered nursing school, so I hadn't done any of the modules or anything, but I just wanted to be fitter. In my mind at the time, and what was going around in the media was that it was a supermodel era. So I entered nursing school in 1986 and it was, you know, all the supermodels and I felt like I needed to look like a supermodel. So I went and joined a ladies only gym. Uh, I was doing the usual legs, bums and tums on the floor, you know, the crunches. Well, it's, it's, I'll never get to experience that, obviously, <laughs> but that would, be such, that would be such an experience. Yeah. Um, at the time, you really thought you were working hard and and doing something but it was after a class one day I saw this woman with this iron pole yeah we know as the barbell and she was doing stuff with it and she looked like Linda Hamilton out of the Terminator movie and I was just sat there in awe watching her after a class and I said to one of the trainers what is it she's doing what what is this 
Um, and one thing led to another, and I got some t- time to spend with her. So she invited me back for a few sessions, and I used the barbell. I mean, I think it was just a few like bicep curls and things like that. Um, nothing really in depth. Uh, but that's kind of how I got into weightlifting. Yeah, I was going to say that probably subconsciously. Yeah. Like, that was your, um, you found your love for weightlifting. That, that was the Even moment. Even though it wasn't weightlifting as what yeah. you do now. Yeah. yeah. That was the moment. And then I went and joined uh, another gym where they did loads of classes and I became a step aerobic fiend. Okay. <laughs> and like Jane Fonda. <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah. Olivia Newton-John, yeah. dancing to music. It was, you know... But that all... was around that, that era, that time, that was quite, quite big, yeah? That was, yeah. The, that was the way of training, really. It was it? the movement. It was yeah. huge. That's what everybody in America, England, everybody was doing it. And we didn't have social media to refer to. Yeah. You know, we were just following a trend. And it was great fun. I would do back-to-back classes. Um, and then I would do the body pump classes. And I loved the body pump okay. classes. So this lifting weights working with weights became a massive massive passion for me yeah amazing would you say that going like obviously there wasn't influence of social media there was nothing to refer to like and following track would you say that fitness was not more fun because obviously very but it was a completely different era it's a different like reason for people training it was just completely different right very i mean the only thing you really saw at the time was on TV on Top of the Pops, Olivia Newton-John singing Let's Get Physical and holding a dumbbell. Like, you know, basically it was just that. There wasn't... Yeah, there was no, like, fitness... Well, there wasn't even, like, fitness DVD. That DVD wasn't even out, invented then, were they? I think they came... A few years later. Yeah, a few years later when, you know, Olivia Newton-John and Jane Fonda kind of... Started doing that. Yeah, but the internet wasn't there for them to... Not really. And nothing that I would have maybe known about. I was in my late teens... Um, so it's not something that I was looking for, looking out for. But it was after the Terminator movies where sort of women lifting weights and you be, being aware yeah, yeah. of that tone in your muscle and, oh, look how she looks. And, you know, at the start of the Terminator movie, you see Linda Hamilton doing her pull-ups and you're thinking, wow, she's strong. Yeah. yeah. It's actually quite fascinating to see, like, over the years. Yeah. Or even when the point of when it became, you know... Uh, it's okay for women to lift weights yes. and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I think, obviously, now I think it's represented maybe differently in terms of the social media platforms and stuff. It was a lot. I think, like, even being like for me, born in the night, like literally nineteen ninety, that nineties era was just a very different. Um, yeah, just very different. I think there's. It's a lot more serious now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 People um, didn't really make. I mean, they did make a living from it to some degree, mm, but not really. It was no. more recre- It was more fun. Yes. Um, very like you know fun orientated, but people do have fun now, obviously. Yeah. But these are yeah. careers now. Like before, it was yeah. just like movie stars. Um, yes. Ce- celebs. Yeah. Just, like, having it as an adult. Yeah. I actually saw talking to social media in that sense. I saw something the other day like someone posted. And even my sister said about it, she saw the same videos like how beautiful the nineties were. It was just like, just, just, it was just amazing. Just like, yeah, n- not a lot of like makeup. Everyone dressing really well. The guys yeah. were just tucks and like, yeah. it just looked amazing. It was just really good. Yeah, that was kind of like fitness and the same same thing. Um, okay, so uh, nineteen founds passion mm-hmm. really for training and fitness. Mm-hmm. And then what did uh, what did your twenties look like in terms of like you know? Um, fitness 
work balance, everything else? So, um, hugely career orientated. So, careers and studies kind of took off for me. Because you're a specialist heart heart failure, failure nurse. nurse. Yeah. So, I'm a clinical nurse specialist in heart failure. Um, I said that's also the <laughs> same thing. Um, heart failure specialist. It, yeah. Um, but I didn't start out as a heart failure specialist. Okay. You know, I worked myself. Um, worked up the ranks. I, I started off working in a hospice actually with dying people, um, but then decided that I wanted to go and study, um, move to a tertiary centre. Um, hospice don't get the funding for sort of development, that kind of thing. So I, I moved to um, a cardiology unit. Uh, where I was given the opportunities to develop my career, uh, take courses and degrees, um, that kind of thing. And so kind of over time, three things happened together for me, um, work and study, getting married and having kids. And, and that all came at the same time? It, pretty much more like or less, oh, through my 20s, yeah. yeah. So I, I met my ex-husband, well, I've, I've known him a long time, but we, we got married when I was 26, but we were courting for, like, courting <laughs> for three years before that. Um, and then had kids straight away. Um, and fitness kind of just slipped into the background. And it, Well, your responsibilities were different. Responsibilities were different. I didn't have time to think about um, you know, fitness, and it really wasn't, in, like I say, social media, it wasn't in your face. Although my ex partner was a, a massive gym goer, he went to the gym every day. Um, and pretty much similar to him, he, he started very young lifting weights. So he was doing it, I wasn't. I was bringing up a family and, and working full time mom. As well, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it all slipped down the wayside for me, and I. I actually forgot about it all. I forgot about the gym and fitness and things started to change. You have children, your body changes, your mindset changes. Which which can be very hard for, you know, men won't go through the same physiological change, obviously, but mm. over time the bodies will change. But for women, that, that can be quite a hard thing to deal with as well. Like yeah. physiological change after pregnancy. Yeah. Massive changes, um, you know, you, you put on weight, you... And how did this at the time make you, or, you know, how's it made you feel? Like, it, were you okay with that? Was there things that resulted in you doing things differently because of how it made you feel? So, I never felt okay about it. Um, putting on weight has always been a massive issue for me. Um, but I did get fat. Um, I was probably two stone heavier than I am now. Um after having kids and I didn't look after myself but other things were happening in my life where it wasn't something that I could focus on mm -hmm. um, so yeah I, I felt bad about myself I didn't like it I didn't want to live like that I wanted to do something about it but I didn't really have the support the knowledge or the know-how and I think I fell into a very deep hole because of it. And how long, you, how long would you say that you were in that, that kind of mind or that situation, that environment for? A long time. A long time. The best part of a decade, probably. Uh, as my kids were growing up, I did go back to the gym. 
um, sort of around around the ages of four and five, I think they were, and they had started kickboxing. So their dad would take them and I would sometimes take them and I went back to doing classes in the gym. Um, but it was never enough. Um, class was okay, you know, I'd do back-to-back -back classes again. But again, time was a huge factor. Mood was a huge factor. So was that because of how you felt after pregnancy? How I felt and also how my relationship was going. Okay. Things were not great. Okay. Um, so it was, it was not a great time for me. I would say late, late 20s all the way through my 30s and into my 40s. Okay. Was there any points in there where you thought like, this is just the way it's gonna be? Yeah, um, there were many a times where um, I had been incredibly low. Okay. and had incredibly low points in my life through one thing or another where I thought this is just how I've got to live I guess I've got to get through this um, for the sake of my children everything was always for the sake of my children um, I always knew that I had to conduct myself well because of my career um, so yeah that many, many a time where I thought that this is just how it's going to be. Yeah, I think it's probably safe to say that there are people that maybe have been in a similar position that do feel like this is it, and there isn't a change, or it's like it can't get any better, or it can't see any day. Like, what? Where was it for you that you thought, no, actually, like I've been in some dark places. I've, I am unhappy. This is the situation. But what was the point where you were like, no? I'm better than this, I'm ready to go, okay, let's do me, let's put myself first now. So, um, trigger warning, Okay. Um, I am a victim of domestic violence and abuse, and the violence and the abuse had progressively got worse over over the years. Was that, it that period, yeah. that 10 year period? Yeah, um, and eventually I had a nervous breakdown, okay. and the nervous breakdown was so bad I had to go and see a psychiatrist and he prescribed me two different medications, um, Valium and an antidepressant. Um, I was delirious, um, hallucinating. I was in a constant state of panic. Um, I had to be taken in by my parents. Um, I'm probably on the verge of set being sectioned. It was that low. And this was all a result of the just the accumulation of everything over yeah. that decade. over the years, yeah. And like lots of things were going off in my marriage at the time. Um, but the abuse and the, 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 the abuse was physical, mental, psychological and financial. Um, but I didn't recognize it for what it was. I was just going along with it um, until I had this nervous breakdown and then I started taking these medications and I I didn't want to take medications but I knew I needed to and it was only after a month or so of taking the medications that I could actually start thinking coherently and having episodes of actual thinking for myself that I was I was safe and I could think coherently 
Did you feel like you were like out, like mentally taking yourself out to look in and think about it? No, no at this point I wasn't doing that. I was just able to breathe and think, okay, I'm safe, I'm safe. Um, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? But what I found um, just sort of three to four weeks into taking the medications was that I started bloating and ballooning. And that was something that I did not want. And that was the switching point. So I started to do a lot of research into how to make myself feel better, what I could do to improve my psychological well-being. And I'm sure at that time it wasn't easy as accessible as it is now. No, so it was just basically the internet at work, you know, um, or wherever I could get access to a computer. Not every household had a computer. Um, So I started drinking herbal teas, um, going out for walks, doing some meditation, mindfulness, and I had been off sick from work for a long time. And you were still studying or you were qualified at that point? So I, in and out, studying in and out throughout this episode, yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, I would say that the studying really kept me focused. It gave me a purpose to live for. Yeah. But what I started to do was go to the gym just to walk on the treadmill and I'd almost forgotten how to do everything else and all I would do was walk on the treadmill on an incline so I progressed from walking on an incline to running and I would run every single day Um, and I'd met a trainer while I was at the gym and he was doing kettle size classes so that was my introduction to a kettlebell And I remember going to a class of his and I almost passed out just working with a six kg kettlebell. And that's how poorly I was. I didn't realize how poorly I was. Um, And then I started working with him and we would um, do weights in the park. And he had tires and hammers and a barbell. Which you knew at this point that you'd loved a barbell, yeah. Absolutely. And so I trained with him once or twice a week in the park and um, yeah, we would just do uh, bench press, deadlifts, you know, kettlebells, you'd do a circuit and I was really enjoying this. And at the same time, I started a kickboxing club. So I'd gone there for about five years um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But all the time I was recovering from this nervous breakdown. Yeah, you were slowly climbing that ladder out. Yeah. my. the abuse got worse because now there was a fear from the perpetrator that she's getting better and we can't have this and you were getting stronger physically and mentally yeah I was getting stronger but it wasn't it didn't go down well Um, so then I was forced to leave my family home eventually after there had been a very very dark incident Um, which I knew it was either life or death situation so I had to leave and I did Um, and then yeah I I carried on kickboxing and I was getting stronger but I was being stalked so that's when I moved to London and kind of fitness has always been in the background I pursued pursued that passion and since coming to London it's grown it's grown, it's grown for me and have you two or three children two two, two boys two. yeah and they're have, have they taken well obviously you know I know Kieran have they've kind of taken that fitness from you as well 
Yeah, I'm from their dad. Like, to be fair, you know, their dad has been into fitness, got them into... So they were going to kickboxing at a very young age um, and then sort of going to the gym with their dad, training every Saturday. So it's been a big part of their life. Yeah, massive part of their life, yeah. yeah. And obviously yeah. now it's something that you and Kieran do together. Yeah, so we, we do CrossFit together. Uh, I kind of first introduced CrossFit to Kieran um, and he loved it. I think it's something that he values. Yeah. yeah. Um, my other son, he goes to the gym with his dad on a daily basis, so a massive part of their lives too. It is quite important, I think, for fitness mm-hmm. to be part of... Well, maybe because I'm biased towards fitness, but <laughs> yeah. um, to be part of most people, or everyone's life, really. And obviously, over the years, with, with everything that was going on, what, what impact did it have on two boys? In what sense, do you mean? Does it is it something that they... Um, does it stick with them? Is it something that they've... Uh, has it knocked them for anything? Are they very protective over, over you? A lot of lessons for everybody, I feel. Um, When there's abuse, it can go one of two ways. Mm -hmm. And you either grow from the adversity or you can just go down the the spiral. Um, Yeah, they've grown from it. There's There's a lot of things in their lives that probably saved them, which I'm very grateful for. But they had a mother who had to abandon them twice over once when I left the family home and once when I left them to move to London. So building bridges was a massive, massive part of sort of them being where they are now today. Mm. But uh, maybe at the time, so difficult for them to understand the reasons why yeah. stuff, which is for kids. I, I remember um, calling the domestic violence helpline and they just kept telling me to leave and that I was a high-risk case and I had to get out but they wouldn't give me shelter with my children so I had to go alone and I made obviously children were in danger with you well it was a woman's only shelter I I don't yeah I, I mean I don't know and that was my fear right that I leave the children and then the focus is on them so how does a mother do that but when it became the life death situation I knew I had to get out but I made a conscious decision not to do it before my eldest was 18 Um, so two weeks after he turned 18 I left the family home Um, and then a year after that I left Leicester to come to London. So it was a huge blow for them, mm. massive blow. It's very fascinating. Uh, but you've, you're a testament to yourself, the way that you've bounced back and you've, you've climbed that ladder through fitness, through work. You, you said you at the beginning that you're very career orientated. Mm-hmm. Um, so using fitness as your way out now, in some respect, that was kind of your outlet. Um, because you were doing, you said you before you were doing the mindfulness stuff, and before that became because that, that's become quite a massive thing now. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't maybe as available back when when you were doing that. No, not not when I was a lot younger yeah. in my in my teens and my twenties. Continue to do. Yeah, I I took on a spiritual journey, um, and I learnt loads through that. Yeah. I learnt all the mindfulness, the affirmations, meditation is a huge part. Is that something you still practice? practice I still practice all of that and uh, Reiki. So, yeah, Reiki and crystal. It sounds a bit woo woo. Um, I've heard about Reiki. Yeah. I've done it, but I haven't. 
But it's, it's a big part of my life. So I practice Reiki on myself while meditating and it helps. It helps immensely. But I think the biggest thing for me was I didn't want to stay on medication. How can I actually come off of these medications? And when I was originally prescribed them, the psychiatrist had told me I would be on them for the best part of two years, maybe three. And I weaned myself off in three, uh, three months. And I, is that because you just knew that you didn't want to be? Do you think it's anything related to fitness, like your health in that sense? I think it was a, a collective of okay. things, yeah. So a combination of factors, sheer willpower um, made me want to do it. And I, I would have to advocate as a healthcare professional that if someone is on medications because of mental illness, they shouldn't just do that without seeking advice. Um, I did it, but, you know, I, I wasn't... I wasn't diagnosed with a condition like yeah. schizophrenia or anything. So it, it was a choice of mine. Um, but yeah, I, it, there was just a tremendous amount of focus on, I need to get off these meds. I need my state of mind back. And that is what I fought for. Mm. And fitness was a huge part of it. A huge part. And, and with work, because obviously like... I would assume that your work is your workload is quite high. Your work, mm -hmm. the stuff that you see at work, is probably quite um, hard to see at times, right? Mm -hmm. um, was, has that had an impact? So it's quite a stressful job, um, especially during COVID times. It's been Could you were right on the front, like front line, uh, redeployed, um, seeing what we saw. But I mean that even outside of COVID times, it, it is a stressful job. Yeah. It's um, it's very autonomous practice as a specialist nurse. Um, so you carry a huge huge burden for your patients. You're making decisions. Um, you're prescribing medicines. Um, so that alone is massive. Um, but during COVID times being redeployed to an area of practice that you're not used to and and having to just roll up your sleeves and get on with it and seeing what you saw was mm. yeah was very harsh yeah obviously with, with the job and being a specialist in in heart failure you you must get some like really hard negative days but equally at the same time there's some really really positive days yeah where like things like whether it be a miracle or, mm. like, you know, it's just mm. amazing to see. Mm. I love the job because even though one moment you might be supporting someone and accepting uh, their shortened life expectancy or just discussing a new diagnosis of what is heart failure can be soul destroying for someone, especially when they're um, sort of in their 30s or you know, youngest patient I ever had was 19. Wow. Um, to, you know, taking them through that journey and various tests, giving them the medications that they need and to see them get better is a huge celebration. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's very fulfilling. Very proud moments. Yeah. Very satisfying. And, and your patients get attached to you and you get attached to your patients. It's, 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 you see them like when they when you discharge them, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, come back. Yeah, exactly. It's it's nice to see them go, but it's it's also, well, you know. Yeah. Um and then, you know, you you've you've managed um to balance 
the workload with, with training and, and you know a lot of people do especially in the last year they, they've actually really struggled to, mm. to balance that workload and, yeah. and training um, but you've, you've kept it up you've, you've been you've been powering through this whole time I mean it's been hard it's been really hard and some days when you finish work to think oh gosh you know that work out to do or do I really do this now or do I need to just go and rest and you know uh, it's so balancing it's it's a balancing act but like I say it's a huge part of what I want in my life and I you can't make decisions based on that exactly and I, I can't there are times where I have to weigh up how am I feeling right now can I actually work out tonight and then do a, a full-on day tomorrow knowing what tomorrow is yeah and, and I have to you could be full of like patients like back to back exactly yeah yeah exactly and I, I have to make that choice then I have to make that decision but then I know that once I get the rest a couple of days sort of recouping and I, I'll be back and I'll do a workout. And I think sometimes it holds me back from progressing and that in itself can be very frustrating. Yeah, knowing that there's capabilities to do more, yeah. you're, you're making a decision because you need, you know, hold yeah, back. exactly. But I guess, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, it, it just means that, you know, that I think the potential and the longevity of fitness will always be will mm. always be be longer. It will always be there because you've always got more to. In that sense, you've you've held back because you made those kinds of decisions of you know work or whatever that you can carry on. Yeah, no, exactly. And I I want to get to seventy, and I don't want to be sitting in my rocking chair knitting a jumper unless. I decide I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go on treks. You know, I want to climb the Yorkshire Moors. You know, they're the things that I want to do after I retire. And so, and, and probably even CrossFit, you know. Yeah. I want to squat when I'm 70. I, I have huge respect for people that are active in their later years. And that's something I want in my life. I, I think it's, I'm not sure how to, to word it, but like in... in 20 years time we'll see a lot more or maybe a little bit more of the like uh let's say at the time older generation being mm. more active still mm. still going to the gym and yeah. squatting deadlifting yeah. pressing like the basic moves exactly um, whilst like you know maybe our grandparents or whatever they that wasn't a big it's not no it's not no trade to be that big i remember my dad i was telling my dad oh you know i deadlifted x number of kilograms dad you know i i did it and i showed him a video and he was like you shouldn't do that you'll get hernia yeah there's no concept of like it's a <laughs> no. massive my dad's the same yeah, yeah so it's it's hard to kind of explain to them but i am probably i'm uh, not probably i am uh, the only sibling that hasn't had back surgery. The rest of my siblings have all had spinal surgery. Wow. And I put it down. To the fact that you've been active all this time. Yeah, active and doing so weights. So like they haven't been active? Like, not as active as me, you? no. No, okay. definitely not. That's quite interesting to see that, yeah. that you haven't and, and they, they have. Um, so what's the uh, what's the plan for you like moving forward? Where's fitness with you now? So I want to carry on doing what? I'm doing. As long as you can. Yeah. Um, until you decide. Until I decide that enough is enough. But I, I can't really see that happening. I would like to move closer, like relocate eventually later part of the year so that I'm closer to the gym that I love going to. Um, that's how much it means to me. Yeah, um, 
I still want to dabble in the Olympic lifts, um, but we'll just see how that goes. Is there any specific things in terms of training that you, you're like, right, this year I will achieve this? Are you just taking it as it comes? Are you just enjoying it through the process? I had made so many goals last year. Have we spoke? Have we yes. November, I had all the numbers worked out in my head. I was on a roll. I felt like from when I joined to November, I was really like climbing an uphill trajectory and it was going well. And then we got locked down again. And then I got COVID. And then I just felt like I'd lost everything. Yeah, in I terms think, of I, I was on the phone to you that one, like, just after you woke up I was like no take a few more da- 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 yeah. that, you, you, I'm a nine about doing yes. another workout or something yeah. like, no, just rest a exactly bit. and I think I've just popped all of my goals for now I think I just want to go with the flow yeah, see what it brings and just just take the wins when I can yeah. um, but I think I'm just going at the present moment and not thinking too far ahead yeah and you, one thing probably people want me to ask, obviously, with your job, it's very hard to like set breaks and stuff. Mm. Um, and you obviously, you've you done the nutrition in January yeah. um, as well, and um, which you enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and how do you, with your role, into, you know, how do you manage what you eat, when you eat, you know, how do you get that fuel to be on your feet for all that time? So in my job, I'm not necessarily on my feet all okay. the time um, because I don't, I'm not on a ward. Um, as a specialist nurse, I run clinics. I can go and visit patients on a ward, uh, but come back again to my desk. So sometimes eating is involved at your desk while you're doing your admin. A lot of the time we do go away and sit for half an hour to have Just our dinner. Just have some time away. Yeah. The only time it gets difficult is when you have got back-to-back patients in clinic and then you're literally in between patients wolfing your dinner down. Yeah. So the, the biggest challenge is the meal prep. But I think I've got quite good at that. And, and it just takes practice. Yeah, yeah. And I think once you get on a roll and you've got some ideas of meals, you it's almost like autopilot. Yeah, because we spoke about that. Yeah. With, with the nutrition thing that you've done for January. It was like, yeah. just find five, three to five things that yes. you know are equal in, yeah. in, in whatever you need and just yes. rotate them or however you want to manage it. Exactly. And then you do get those light bulb moments that, oh, actually, you know, if I haven't planned for today, then this is something oh that I can yeah, get yeah. and it fulfills my macros yeah. and it's satisfying until the next meal. So, yeah, yeah I learned a huge amount through the nutrition course which kind of I have in my toolbox now that's to good. use that's, yeah. That, yeah. But, yeah yeah nutrition on the go at work is just one of those things that you get used to and incorporate into your daily adapting. routine yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we've gone, gone through um, what you want out of the next kind of just enjoy the next process and then does that mean uh, you said later on in the year that maybe relocating is that mm. gonna is that maybe an opportunity for you to go actually right now I'm set I'm gonna be you're gonna go back to that list that you wrote back in November and go right <laughs> this, is, this is the time there will be a point where I this is not enough for me now just coming to a session yeah. and taking the small wins because um, that's so underrated people don't take the small wins they always want the big ones yeah yeah I I think having COVID and being in lockdown taught me that really it actually that's it taught me that because I I'm always kind of going right 10 months from now I want to do this 
and then I'm like a dog with a bone and I, and I chase it. And then we were forced into this situation with COVID where, you know, it was out of our control. You lose fitness, you lose conditioning, you lose strength. And then you're left thinking, well, what am I going to do in the here and now? We just go from day to day, right? So yeah, there will be a time where this, well, that's when the small wins came into it. Oh, okay. I lifted 30 kgs today. Yeah. Yeah. But that at one point won't be enough, you know, yeah. that I will want more. But I think I'm, for now, I'm just riding that wave. Yeah. And just going with it. Enjoying the process. Yeah. Amazing. Sandy, it's been so good talking to you. Thank you for having me. No problem. Yeah. Um, guys and girls, tune back in for next week's episode.